People paying money to see me in a 20 by 20 ring. Wrestling fans, to another edition of the 20 by 20 Ring Crew. I am Joe, and I'm here with my brother Matt. What's going on, Matt? What's up? What's going on? We're in the midst of a massive, massive Survivor Series tournament. Something that I've been playing around with in, in my head for a long, long time. I'm glad I got to sit here and do this with you. You know me, I'm a gimmick guy. Yeah. Uh, all about the tournaments. Look forward to doing more, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it's been fun. We're, we're going to do round two of the tournament. Last okay. week we did round one. If you haven't been following, we are using random.org's list randomizer to randomize the round, or the initial round anyway. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, uh, it's it been pretty fucking interesting. Uh, last week, my, my take my money match was uh, Benoit versus Shamrock. Um, it's a fair... Yeah, <laughs> but uh, there was other interesting stuff in there. I mean, obviously you have, uh, <laughs> you know, something like Hogan versus Bart Gunn. <laughs> you know, I never thought I would hear my me or anyone say. You know, um, intergender matches that we probably never would have heard of otherwise. Right. Um, so yeah, it's it's been a, already been a really interesting tournament. It's gonna get tough to pick them. Yeah, tougher, yeah. Well, I that's, say. that's that's the that's how tournaments work. That's how is. tournaments work. So, exactly. Should be fun. Um, we're here with you for episode forty-two, round two of our Soul Survivor Series tournament, and we're gonna get right to it with the first overall seed of the tournament. Oh, we're gonna do the take my money match right away. Yeah, right away. Representing two thousand four. Eddie Guerrero taking on the 31st overall seed representing 1988 Macho Man Randy Savage. Take my fucking money. How about it? I know, man. man. Holy shit. Yeah, I don't know how you pick that one. Because, I I mean, both guys... I mean, Eddie Guerrero had, had a pretty easy round with Brian Nobbs. Yeah, that, uh, was, that was probably the, the one that was closest to a buy yeah. so far. I mean, uh, Macho Man had a, had a, would have had a pretty decent run against CM Punk. But again, <laughs> you know, we used for both guys, too. We got to mention the championships, winning world titles that yeah, year. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Guerrero was no longer champion going into Survivor Series where Macho Man was. Oh, my God. How do you pick between Eddie Guerrero and Macho Man and Savage? I don't I, know, but fuck me. I would have loved to watch this match, man. This Jesus. is one of those matches that I, I, I easily, easily on, on, the, uh, on the following contest. Yeah. Because, I mean, this is one of those... Uh, I've played this match in video games. Uh, I've, I, I've, I've, I've pretty much fantasy booked this one in my head many times. <laughs> and, you know, two guys that I just... It's so sad that they're not here anymore. Yeah. Not absolutely. not just not wrestling, but they're not here. Yeah, they're not here. You know, fuck. Do you have a thought? <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very logical person. Yeah. Uh, I try to apply logic to everything I do. And again, you know, Eddie Guerrero doesn't have the title at this point. 
and Macho Man does. Macho right. Man is white hot. And for my money, as much as I hate to even pick a fucking loser, I'm I'm going to take Macho Man as the winner of this match. Only because, again, he edges out that that year rule. He edges out Eddie Guerrero because he's he's got a title. He's white hot. And Eddie Guerrero does not have his championship. Not to say he wasn't hot. Just he didn't right. have a title. And so... So... I, I look at it too, it, again, as far as champions, I I agree with what you said. He's, about, on, the, he's on the upswing. Yeah, about about uh, edging him out, but barely edging him out. Yeah, barely for and, sure. And then I, I look at old school versus new school because it's kind of what you have here. It was definitely what you have here. And Matchman Randy Savage versus Eddie Guerrero, what type of match would we see realistically? Is what I'm trying to figure out here. Are we going to get a slow, methodical match? Because remember, you have to understand with Macho Man and and, and Ricky Steamboat could attest to this. Like he had everything planned out in his head. Like the, the entire match was was planned out. I don't know how Guerrero uh, worked, worked his matches, but I I would hazard a guess that wasn't the case for him, especially. Seeing some of the moves that they, they, they pulled off. I mean, obviously it depends on the opponent. I mean, you got to put them in there with Rey Mysterio. There probably didn't need to be a whole lot of planning because of the chemistry that those two had. Yeah. It's like old school versus new school. Who wins? I, I mean, I lean towards new school. It's definitely faster pace. Where I don't... I mean, you look at a match like, like Steamboat and, and, and Savage... And as and I, I'm going to sound very disrespectful to the old school fans, and I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> a phenomenal match, one of the best matches in WrestleMania history. But you put that in, in today's era, and that's almost like a standard. You yeah. should be having those matches. You should be having those matches. I'm going to agree with you on Macho Man. I, I, I'm going to say Macho Man wins this. But God damn it, it's 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 I, tough. I don't think there's anything going to be any closer than that. No, I don't think. I I think we've again. This is one of those where unfortunately the randomizer fucked us and <laughs> we got Macho Man Eddie too soon. I, I look at it like this too. You know, old school versus new school. You're right, but both of these guys are very flexible in their in-ring approach. Yeah, you're right. You know where. If you know if Macho Man was was um, very methodical in planning out his matches, it showed. Eddie Guerrero, if that was not the case for Eddie Guerrero, he was still able to do it very successfully right. on the fly. Yeah, and as many people that peg Eddie Guerrero as this high flyer, like he too was very flexible. With his entering style, he could work many different styles. Right. So, you know, we're, we're not dealing with a, a a working match that's set in stone. Like there, there's so many things that could be flexible and and bounced off of with within this uh, this entire match. Yeah. I give it to Macho Man, not just because he's he's gonna have a white hot title run, but he's on an upswing and. If things went wrong in the ring, yeah. as as methodical as he was, he'd still be able to um, pull it off, and you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know that there was problems in the ring. With Eddie Guerrero, 
as awesome as he was, I'm not sure that I could uh, give him the same amount of credit when it came to that. So, for me, those are the, the things that set them apart in this match. I can agree with that. I think, uh, yeah, Macho Man uh, goes to the quarterfinals. Ooh, yeah, dig it. I dig it. <laughs> uh, our second match <laughs> in the second round of the tournament, um, the 30th seed overall, representing 2005, Randy Orton. Okay. Taking on the 29th overall seed representing 2016 Charlotte Flair my first question to you is do you think he showed her his dick (laughs) (laughs) we are talking 2005 here we are this is not a tough one it is it definitely is again Charlotte Flair as I said in episode 41 this was Again, not just a breakout year for Charlotte, but a breakout year for women wrestling in WWE. Main eventing, uh, pay-per-view, Hell in a Cell matches, Falls Count Era matches, a bunch of other shit. Uh, just absolutely killing it. Randy Orton's having a great 2005. I think put him in a ring, legit have him work. I think some people are still going to have a hard time giving it to Charlotte Flair because... Uh, because she is a woman, and I think including we, Randy Orton, including Randy Orton, uh, does Randy Orton do the job? Well, it's not up to him because we're telling him if he does yeah. the job or not. I, you know what? I don't. I don't think he'd want to do the job. I know he wouldn't want to do the job. Even today, he wouldn't yeah. want to do the job. He wouldn't want to do the job. But you know what? I I also think that if if Charlotte was to be a part of that situation, I don't think she would care. I think she would just give it to him. She, she'd fucking take it to him. You know what's what's interesting though, is that 2005, you have Randy Orton who's very close to a certain somebody, oh, yeah. who's also linked to his opponent because <laughs> it's well her father. Uh, where does Ric Flair? And and I'm digging a little too much into this, but <laughs> where would Ric Flair fit into this mix? You got. 2005 Randy Orton. I, I understand he's out of Evolution at this point. Uh, he he leaves. He gets kicked out of Evolution in 2004, uh, shortly after winning the World Heavyweight Title against Chris Benoit at SummerSlam that year. But uh, obviously, as far as just where Ric Flair is backstage at that point, like if you get if if Charlotte Flair was in the same role as she was in 2005, and this match is happening, does Ric Flair say, "Hey, brother"? That's my daughter. You better do the fucking job. <laughs> does he? That's an interesting question. Or does he say, "Hey, sweetie, like, was, uh, you need to play with the girls"? I don't remember off the top of my head. Maybe you do. Uh, Twenty sixteen was Ric Flair around Charlotte at the time? He was. He was. He was. I don't know for the whole year. Charlotte but Flair wins. Charlotte Flair. Yeah. If if we're talking about Flair being around, yeah. Whether she liked it or not, like he's Ric Flair. He's the dirtiest player in the game. He's not going to let his daughter lose. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, the wild card here. Where does, where does it go? Uh, for me, 
I know a lot of people are going to have a problem with, with Charlotte Flair winning it, but even before Ric Flair, it was it was one of those like flip a coin who wins. I, I think I think Charlotte Flair uh, again, basing it off of talent. And again, this is you and I are both guys that have seen women compete mm-hmm. against men, so it's not like oh well, you're just basing it off of their credentials and this and that, and blah blah blah. Again, I you know I can I can list a, a bunch of matches where women have held their own against men, and you know one of the that stood out to me in 2018 alone was Tony Storm versus Timothy Thatcher. Oh shit! That that <laughs> that, that right there, and you and I are going to talk about this in, in, a, in a future episode here, uh, potentially match of the year. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> it didn't matter who won that match. No, it didn't. It didn't matter. That match was crazy good. But uh, I got to tell you over Randy Orton with or without Ric Flair, but uh, I want the Ric Flair in there because that would be just even more interesting. I, I think it would be the X Factor. Yeah. Uh, you know, and we've seen it on camera too. Like, she doesn't want her father's help in the whole night, but it didn't stop him necessarily right. from intervening. So Yeah. Oh, Charlotte Flair is pretty much what, what, what Cody Rhodes is in the sense she wants her own legacy. Yeah. The difference is that Ric Flair is obviously he's alive. Yeah, he's alive. And but even then, I still see Dusty Rhodes saying, "All right, like I'll take a step back." Whereas Flair, Flair winning. is just like, <laughs> "That's my daughter. Yeah. He's doing all that shit, <laughs> slap himself." <laughs> yeah, that it makes perfect sense to me. Space Mountain created that. Oh, and all good that lord! Shit and, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Charlotte Flair takes the win. How does somebody so normal? I mean, maybe she's crazy outside. She maybe she is bashing crazy, but like his kids, for the most part, seem normal. But think about it. Wait, his 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 <laughs> career. He didn't. He wasn't that way in, up until a certain point. That's true. So That's we're, true. I'm waiting to see. I'm waiting to see when when it happens with her. <laughs> <laughs> when she becomes Space Mom. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> oh good God. <laughs> Space Mountain aside, we're gonna move on. Our third match of the night, round two of our Soul Survivor Series tournament, has the fifth overall seed representing 1989, Kurt Henning, Mr. Perfect himself, taking on the number sixth seed representing 1990, the immortal Hulk Hogan. Hulkamania, what you gonna do, brother? What you gonna do? Get beat by Mr. Perfect. That's what, you're gonna, that's what he's gonna do. He's gonna get his ass whooped by Mr. Perfect. Yeah, you know what? Hulk Hogan was this phenomena that phenomenon, excuse me, that, that <laughs> happened in professional wrestling in the mid to late eighties. Yeah, and I'm not trying to take that away from him. But the the actual professional wrestling that is put on by someone like Kurt Hennig completely overshadows Hulk Hogan's in-ring work. Hulk Hogan is, compared to Mr. Perfect, if we're talking about wrestling, which we are, Hulk Hogan is an attraction. Yeah. Mr. Perfect is a wrestler. So, yes, take my money... All of, the, all of it's going to Mr. Perfect. He's a wrestler in a wrestling tournament. Yeah. Uh, I think it's enough said. 
I, I'm being as fair as I possibly can. I understand 1990 was a great was was still a good year for for Hogan. But uh, again, you're you're still it it nothing has changed. It's, right. it's still the big boot. It's still the leg drop. It's still all of that. He he doesn't do anything different. Right. So for for that reasoning, Mr. Perfect, uh, for me definitely too walks out of uh, out of the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, as a winner, goes into the quarterfinals. So that's that, <laughs> brother. What you gonna do? You are gonna lose? Yeah. <laughs> you gonna get your ass back home? Ooh, shit! Take my money. With the twenty sixth overall seed in the tournament, representing two thousand two, Mister Monday Night Rob Van Dam taking on the eighth overall seed. <laughs> <laughs> Representing 1993, Bret the Hitman Hart. Nah, I swear to you, I've been fighting for Bret Hart ever since <laughs> the yeah, Bracketology. Now what, huh? Now what? <laughs> this guy over here has been so anti-Bret Hart <laughs> since the get-go. You, I, I, you think he was Shawn Michaels sitting next to me. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, is that a shot of my wonky eye? <laughs> Still looks better. You have, you have more hair now. I do have. Holy shit! I do more have hair. more hair than Shawn Michaels. Yeah, so <laughs> I got something going for me. Fuck. Bret Hart versus Rob Van Dam. God damn! This is one of those again dream matches. Who would win? Who would win? And, and you pick great years for both guys. So we're we're in the same situation as, as <laughs> yeah. Guerrero and, and Macho Man. I'm not going to use the uh, the reasoning of of the same thing with with with, uh, with Macho Man where he's white hot because one he's not quite white hot no and but he is he's about to be he's about to become the face of the company where Rob Van Dam isn't but it's also it's there's there's a lot there's a lot of things that are wrong with Rob Van Dam that had nothing to do with Rob Van Dam. <laughs> <laughs> Why he wasn't successful in WWE? One, he wasn't a homegrown talent. Okay. That it was just wasn't going to work out. And then two, he's too much of a good worker. Yeah. To to be a a a star in the WWE, uh, a lot of guys who came from ECW and WCW, with the exception of a few, okay, didn't make it. They they were. You know, had their run in, you know, maybe Intercontinental, tag team. But as far as being a world champion, it just wasn't going to happen. With the exception of him winning the the, the John Cena situation, which he kind of fucked that up too because <laughs> he lost a, he lost the title because of a, of a drug violation. Yeah. So, but uh, going to Rob Van Dam in 2002 versus Bret Hart in 1993, I still got Bret Hart. Really, I do. I, I I do have I do have Bret Hart, but I'm not fighting as hard to keep him in there. So I want to I want to hear your argument if 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 you got RVD. I do have RVD, okay. and, and I'll tell you why. I look at it as uh, I look at it as as the situation between Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin, where I could see. Bret Hart, you know what? No, I don't. I don't see it that way. 
I was going to sit there and say, like, Bret Hart kind of agrees to do the job for RBD. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know what? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know that uh, I feel that way anymore. Because RVD is uh, outspoken. And he's, you know, we're, between Stone Cold Steve Austin and Rob Van Dam, Rob, Rob Van Dam has much more of a, a, a sarcastic mouth on him <laughs> when when he shouldn't. So right. I don't know that Bret Hart would, would appreciate all that. I'm sure he would respect his in-ring work. But other than that, yeah. You know what? I, uh, <laughs> God, I hate to do this, but... Yeah, I'm going to go Bret Hart. Bret Hart? Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. Bret, Bret Hart moves on to the to the quarterfinals in, a, I guess, a very reluctant manner. So. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, man. Like, I, I really respect the hell out of Bret Hart and, right. and the stuff he's done over the years. But all of the bullshit that has come with it. Yeah. Especially in the later years of his career. You're right. Like, and I, I get it. He's a bitter guy. He got screwed. I get it. But, th- you know, you you were partly, at least partly, responsible for your career. You can't sit there and just blame everybody about everything. Right. You just can't. Oh, I agree. So. I, I guess for me, it's, again, it's, it's the, the product of the years. Yeah. Uh, 93, uh, he's still four years away from being screwed. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I, I don't think he's, I mean, I don't know the, the behind the scenes guy, 93, but, uh, I guess he's a little more open to, to playing ball for, for the most part. Um, but seeing that he doesn't like, he's a traditionalist, I should say, uh, I, I know he would have a problem with Rob Van Dam. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I changed my mind. Problem. Like yeah. he would, he would have a fucking problem with Rob Van Dam. So, but uh, but yeah, that's that's half of the Sweet Sixteen. So yeah, moving right along. Moving right along. Well, you know what? Uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and uh, yeah, we'll come back with the the next half of round two. Stay tuned. This episode of the 20 by 20 crew is sponsored by Amazon Prime. Sign up for a free 30-day trial and you get instant access to thousands of movies and television episodes. You get to borrow Kindle eBooks. You also get unlimited free two-day shipping with no minimum order size. You don't have to purchase. You can cancel anytime and still show the 20 by 20 crew some love. You can sign up for Amazon Prime through the 20 by 20 crew by visiting our website at 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash Amazon. Thank you for listening. Thank you for all the support. And now let's get back to the show. Welcome back. Thanks for hanging around. We pay some bills. And uh, we are set for the second half of the second round or the Sweet 16. Yeah. Get ready for this match here. 1999. Big Show versus the 1995 version of The Undertaker. The 24th uh, seeded Big Show versus the 10th seeded Undertaker. 99 versus 95. A rivalry renewed, but uh, you have 99 Big Show who has spent time with The Undertaker. Yes. As a a member of 
Like they were they were a tag team. I forget. I think I forget what the name was called. I think they had a name though. Big takers. <laughs> <laughs> big, big takers. <laughs> Under shows. <laughs> Show takers. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> but then you. <laughs> oh, good God! You have the '95 version of the Undertaker, so you're not quite used to that version. But uh, interesting matchup, and I don't know what is for you. I I, I have my pick. But it's 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 tougher than I expected it to be. It is, but uh, you know what? Uh, again, I'm going to apply some logic here. Uh, I could hear my cousin in my head. You take the piss out of everything. That's what he <laughs> says to me. Uh, I'm going to proceed to take the piss out of this one, and I'm going with the big show. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm going with The Undertaker. Okay. Yeah, I'm going with The Undertaker because, again, he is a, such a quick star in the company. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Very um, much so. I'm familiar with him as Mean Mark Callis, and I got to see that transgression from Mark Callis to The Undertaker. Right. And it was, while it wasn't seamless, it, he was still very effective very quickly for this company. And I don't think anyone necessarily had him pegged to do so. And clearly no one had the foresight to see, not even Vince McMahon, I'm sorry. Right. But he he did not have the foresight to see just how big the character of The Undertaker would be. Whereas the big show in 1999, don't get me wrong, like obviously he wins the title in the whole nine. Right. If this this were um, a younger, a little more agile big show. Like the giant. Like the giant. From WCW. From WCW. Right. Then, then I I would gladly take uh, Paul White then, but I not I, this time. I liked this version of Paul White because he he's got a little chip on his shoulder. He like many other people had a fallout with WCW. Oh yeah, and had something to prove. But the thing about it, and I'm sorry to all the Big Show fans out there, he peaked in '99. Yeah, and then it, 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 that happens to everybody. Yeah, you know. He, he, he peaked, he had his best year, and even in his best year, I don't think he's as good as the Undertaker. Mm-mm. And the Undertaker's not peaked yet. That's a very good point. You're absolutely right. So, I to me, it was a little tougher than I expected to be, but I, I do have the Undertaker beating the big show uh, and going to the quarterfinals. All right. And so he does. And so he does. Moving on, we have the 11th seed overall representing 2009 in the Celtic Warriors. Sheamus taking on the 12th seed overall representing 2000, the Rabbit Wolverine, Chris Benoit. I, I, as I was updating the board, the, <laughs> I had mentioned this would have been a good match. Uh, especially these versions of them. Yeah, too. oh yeah, yeah. Well, Chris Benoit, really anytime. Yeah. You know, but for Sheamus, again, we talked about in, in the first round the, the laziness that has become Sheamus. But 2009, that hungry Sheamus. Yeah. Somebody that's really, again, not afraid to take bumps. He's definitely can dish it out himself. I like this version of Sheamus. I don't like him beating Chris Benoit. I don't have him beating Chris Benoit. I don't either. He's not quite because as hungry as he is, his talent talent wise, he's still got a lot of growing to do. Yeah, and that was a, that was a big thing for me for Sheamus back then. Like I really dug 
what he was trying to bring, but you could tell. You could tell he was having growing pains, right. and there were certain things that he would do, and like sometimes he would be sloppy. Yeah. And it was like so uh, gut wrenching for me. Like fuck. Like yeah. take the extra time, dude. You ha- you know what you're doing. You know what you got to do. Yeah. Do it. Do it and do it right. So there's 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 a few guys in in this business, and let's call it WWE for now because this is a WWE tournament uh, that have have had that reputation of guys don't want to be in the ring with them but want to be. Uh, Undertaker is one of those guys. Bob Holly is one of those guys because they're so physical and they're so demanding. Uh, the Undertaker is one of those guys. For example, you better not get gassed. Yeah. If you get gassed and he and, and, and he sees it, you're gonna feel it. You're gonna feel. You're, he's, gonna, he's gonna give you some shit. And uh, you know Benoit, same thing. You better be ready to go. There ain't no you know ain't no fucking Ultimate Warrior bullshit happening with these matches. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, guys guys would wouldn't want to get in the ring with them because it's like they you get your ass handed to you. But you want to be in the ring with them because they know what they're doing. They're going to bring the best out of you. And uh, you might learn something in the process. Yeah. And Chris Benoit was one of those guys. He's one of those key guys. And that's why I look at him. I'm not looking ahead at anything else besides this match. But he's going to be a really tough guy to beat. He is. And I just don't see Sheamus as good enough to no. beat him. No. Not, not at any point in his career. But just not as good as he was, he's still green. Yeah. He's that's, hungry, but and that's, he's green. that's what it comes down to for me is experience. Yeah. You know? So yeah, Chris Benoit on to the quarterfinals, beating Sheamus. Yep. All right, here's another interesting one. Uh, I don't know if it's a take my money match for me, but uh, <laughs> we're gonna go. Uh, so the 13th overall seed, representing 2001, The Rock, the most electrifying man in sports entertainment, taking on his family. <laughs> With the 14th seed overall, representing 2013, Roman Reigns. How about it? Anawai versus Anawai. Anawai huh? versus Anawai. Wow. Uh, and again, you, you have really good years, both these guys. 2001, the last great year for The Rock. 2013, a great year for Roman Reigns. Uh, it's, it's tough for me, but... Uh, I got my pick. I want to hear it. Let's hear it. I got, I got The Rock. Do you? I got The Rock beating Roman Reigns because of, the, again, the level of competition. You got to understand, too, Roman Reigns, as good as he, as he is in 2013, he's a tag team specialist. And really nothing more. Uh, he's done some, some good spots with, with, with Ambrose and, and Rollins. Uh, but he didn't accomplish anything on his own yet. Yeah, he's not singles Roman. He's not yet. singles Roman yet. Which is a shame, a shame because, as we mentioned, he's the guy that got lazy when he became singles Roman. Um, the Rock is obviously, he's, he's, he's beating guys like Stone Cold. Uh, he's beating guys like Kurt Angle and Booker T and things of that nature. Uh, he's kind of the face of the company at the time. Uh, especially when you have guys like all those guys who can easily become the face of the company. And he's still... Very relevant. He's putting on great matches. Again, last like great year for him before he goes full blown Hollywood. I got I, I got a, a very game Roman Reigns, but I have Rock edging him. 
I agree. I'm going to take The Rock, and what I look forward to most for this match is the promos happening before the match. Yeah. I could give two shits <laughs> yeah. how Rock wins. Yeah. Um, because as much as I enjoyed The Rock, I could not stand the fucking people's elbow. I, oh, yeah. I, I just, it's so fucking silly. I guess, just silly fucking move. I can see the him doing the people's elbow and Roman Reigns gets up and spears him. Yeah, shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. He spears him, you know. <laughs> but Rock still finds a way to win. So Yeah, it obviously again that's where the age difference comes in because I was a fan of the people's elbow for for a while. Rock man, Rock was uh don't get me wrong, it's it's a fun move, but yeah. He won a lot of big time matches with that people's elbow, though. You know, and it's it's one of those things like, <laughs> you know, shit. If if he, because uh, you over the years we've seen matches where The Rock is a little more intense and a little more focused and less showy, right? And I really enjoy that Rock, and it kills me too because he was he was homegrown talent. He never went anywhere else. Like fuck, man, I would have loved to have seen him. Be the rock, but be somewhere else just to see, just to see how it went. Yeah, I, I look at the rock as one of those disappointments too, because one, his movies are okay. You know, <laughs> he's getting better. He's getting better. Yeah, but he's still, he's he's like, I know you're not gonna like this comparison. Oh boy, but here he's, we go. He's kind of like the action star version of Nicolas Cage, where he doesn't say no to a role. <laughs> 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 he just he just does everything. Oh shit! He just does everything. It just it just doesn't work out for me. Uh, speaking of rock film, I don't I don't know if he's gonna be in the movie, but uh, apparently they're giving Doom another movie. No shit. Yeah, I did not know that. Um, After that first one, again, I, I, it's probably a reboot and everything. And I, yeah, you would have to think. By but now, still, right? it's like, Is, are you saying this because he's in it, or just because he, he just was because in Doom? he was in the first? Okay. He was okay. in the, uh, the well, the only Doom that's been released so far. But Doom is getting another movie. Wow. But uh, I don't know if he's gonna be in it. Uh, he's got like that American Gladiator show coming out next year. It, no, it's out already. Is out already? I believe so. Oh, what is it called? Uh, Titan. Titans. Okay. I think Titan something. Yeah, it's Titans? To- totally American Gladiators. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's like I think it's American Gladiators meets uh, American Ninja Warrior. Okay, that's what it is. You know, it's it's a, it's. I know we're going off subject here. It's a shame though <laughs> that people don't like. It's called American Ninja Warrior because it was originated out of Japan, and if you ever see the Japanese version, the the, the original version of Ninja Warrior. As great as these athletes are, uh, people doing the American Ninja Warrior, they got nothing. 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 Oh, my <laughs> God. Ninja Warrior was insane. But, uh, yeah, anyways. <laughs> Let's finish up the second round. Finishing off round two <laughs> with the 18th seed overall, representing 2012, Dolph Ziggler taking on... The 16th seed overall, representing 1987, Jake the Snake Roberts. This is, man, I think this is, uh, this is my personal take my fucking money yeah. match for this round. I gotta say, I I was a really big fan of Jake the Snake back then. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously he goes through 
you know, changes and whatnot throughout his career. And then sure. have, being able to uh, be an adult and hearing the stories behind the guy and just how his mind works when it comes to wrestling made me much more of a fan I thought I would ever be of old Jake the Snake. So as much as I am impressed with Dolph Ziggler around this time, I'm I'm going to take Jake the Snake. So I go back to, I go to 96. And the reason why I go to 96 is because Jake makes a return to WWE. He goes in the King of Ring tournament. Obviously has the the infamous match now with Stone Cold. <laughs> with Stone Cold, yeah. You know, and, and Austin 316 was born. Jake Roberts would have been great in that era had his body been able to keep up. Yeah, absolutely. The, the mind was still there. Jake Roberts is one of those, if you mentioned with, with, with Macho Man earlier and, and Eddie Guerrero, Jake Roberts was the ultimate example of a guy who was able to adapt to his surroundings. Yeah. He could hang with the guys today. Again, obviously, if his body was able to. Mindset-wise, he can hang with guys today, and he would be able to adapt to change. And he'd be one of those old-school guys that wouldn't be bitching about it. Well, in my day, yeah. you <laughs> yeah. know, this is what we did. You're absolutely. That's a very good point. You're absolutely right. And I, I think he is the ultimate opponent for Dolph Ziggler, the ultimate challenge for him. And this is going to be a hell of a match. Mm-hmm. A hell of a fucking match. And uh, this is like a flip a coin type thing for me. So I'm going to... I'm not going to put up an argument because there, there really isn't one. Uh, it could go either way. It could go either way. It would have been fine. But uh, let's take Jake, Jake Snake. All right. That ends round two of our Soul Survivor Tournament here for 2018. We hope you're enjoying your holidays. We hope you have leftover turkey and all the fixings and however, whatever you eat. Yeah. Get ready for the big holiday <laughs> that's coming up. Where we eat even more. We just we just like to engorge ourselves. Yeah, we with, do. With food and and if you're like us, with professional wrestling, which we do all year round. All year round. And that's that is the Sweet Sixteen. We have we have a quarterfinal. We have gentlemen. a quarterfinal. It's uh it's definitely gonna be interesting. Uh, again, we are always watching wrestling in the background as we record and we happen to be watching MLW Fusion with uh, with the likes of Loki uh, and, and this match Shane Strickland versus Filthy Tom Waller which is unfortunately a pretty badass match except for fucking Loki bringing his dumb ass into it yeah you know MLW does have a little bit of that uh, American style wrestling where Guys interfere and cause shenanigans, but uh, for what it is, it, it's still good. Uh, I know we, we've been promoting it. I've been promoting this this shit like crazy. I don't get paid for this. They're not getting any money from me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but BN Sports, every Friday night on BN Sports, it's, it is an international sports channel. They play a lot of soccer, I think rugby as well, a lot of international type sports. If you don't have them, I don't have them either. I don't have that channel. That's fine. They have a YouTube channel. All you gotta do is go to youtube.com, check out their their page MLW, 
And uh, the show that's aired on Friday nights, they aired on Saturday nights at a very familiar time to old school wrestling fans, 6.05. 6.05. So uh, check them out, man. Like it, All their episodes are on there. There's about 30 episodes now. Uh, they uh, And uh, trust me, when they're in your neck of your woods, check them out. Don't don't take it lightly either. Buy your tickets as soon as you can because uh, here in Chicago, front, front row, they're, they're still available, seats available for the – the show in Chicago uh, next year, but Front Row was, was gone within within the first hour. Wow. So that's pretty big for an independent promotion. Absolutely. You can scoff at that all you want <laughs> uh, for you WWE marks, but uh, for uh, a show that's only you know, a few episodes in, it's, that's pretty pretty damn big. So. Uh, all right, that ends the second round of the tournament, and uh, we're going to take a break. And we're going to come back, and we're going on to the next round. We're going on to the quarterfinals. So stick with us. Thanks again for supporting the show. Stay tuned. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Hey, think you can tell us what to do? I can't tell you what to do. You think you can tell us what to wear? I can't tell you what to wear. You think that you're better? Hell no, I'm not better. Well, you better get ready. But I am smarter. Bow to the master. I'll bow to the masters. The masters over at Rays. Rays will hook you up with all kinds of discounted gift cards for your favorite places to eat, for your favorite places to shop online and in store. They have any place you could possibly think of, and they even have discounts on ride sharing services like Lyft and Uber in case you guys need to make it to a show. So hop on over and support the show. Support your 20x20 crew. Visit us for more information. Information on raise and discounted gift cards over at 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash raise. That's R-A-I-S-E, 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash raise. And we got two words for you. Save money! Welcome back, wrestling fans. Thanks again for sticking around. Let us pay some bills in this bigger episode that we usually do. Because we are doing the tournaments of Survivors. Soul Survivors. Soul Survivors. And we are down to the Elite Eight, the quarterfinals. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I'm always, I'm, I'm always uh, kind of self-conscious of my, my writing. Yeah, because I I have like very sloppy writing yeah. to me anyway, and I I looked at the board too quick. We have a whiteboard with our brackets. I looked at the board too quick, and I know it says Taker, but to me I thought it said Tater, and I was like, <laughs> who the fuck is Tater? <laughs> tater tots. Yeah, never mind me and my wonky oh, eye. Oh man, no, it's it's not you. It's bad handwriting. I. Uh, I can complain. I know I can see everything else. Yeah. It's just like I looked at it too fast. It's like holy shit, taters on the board. I get complaints from my colleagues quite a bit. Uh, there's a there's a running joke where uh, if you follow, you know, we have to do we have to for for from what I do, I have to we you know, one of the things we have to do when we uh, we're done, we have to put a sticker on the devices. Let them know that's been certified. Okay. And uh, it's a running joke in, in the company I work for is that bring your tablet, make sure you have it on you. Because if you know Matt did it before, if started started the sticker, 
uh, there's a good chance that the serial number is going to be all <laughs> fucked up. And yeah, <laughs> thanks guys, I appreciate it. No, but I got chicken scratch handwriting, and I try my best. Oh, me too. I got chicken scratch. It, it's it's pretty bad, but we're computer guys, so we, that's we, what it is. I'm we, telling yeah. you. So, uh, <laughs> wrestling. Yes. Soul Survivor. Wrestling. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right into the, uh, to the, the first match of the quarterfinals. We got in the number 31st, 31. Yeah, C31. originally the 31st seed. Yeah. Representing 1988, Macho Man, Randy Savage. Fresh off of a victory over Eddie Guerrero. Taking on, holy fuck, taking on uh, the 29th, yes, the 29th seed overall, representing 2016, Charlotte Flair with her father, Rick, at ringside. We've we've already made that stipulation. Charlotte Flair, who beat Bubba Ray Dudley, and Randy Orton. And Randy Orton, so, holy shit, man, God. Where does this? <laughs> hey, you know what? This this is how that this match begins. They just stand in in the ring with one another, and it's just a constant chant of "Holy shit, holy shit!" Yeah. for about two minutes straight. Speaking of holy shit, we are watching uh, Selena De La Renta on Major League Wrestling as she comes out. It's a very classy, beautiful chick. Bringing out uh, one of the parks. Oh, hijo, hijo de la park. You couldn't tell by the fact that he, uh, he didn't have a fat gut. <laughs> He's carrying around. <laughs> it's the coat. They have similar coats sometimes yeah. uh, as part of uh, when they tag up together. So uh, once again, we're watching ML Fu- MLW Fusion uh, on their YouTube channel because we don't have BN Sports, but uh, it's available on YouTube for you. Go check it out, uh, MLW Fusion on YouTube. Um, yeah, Macho Man and Charlotte Flair. Good God. I think what makes this match really interesting is yeah. Ric Flair. Yeah. Because, um, let's face it, we're looking, we're, we're looking at a Macho Man who has had little to no experience with Ric Flair at this, at this point in time. Yeah, you're you right. You know? You're right. And yeah. uh, so that's one thing. And also, Ric Flair's batshit crazy. <laughs> And it's his da- yeah, and it's yes. his daughter. So it's not just Macho Man facing the dirtiest player in the game. It's Macho Man facing the dirtiest player slash batshit crazy <laughs> father of the participant. So, uh, and again, I'm not saying that to take anything away from Charlotte Flair. She could definitely handle herself. That's right. not an issue. But. He definitely plays an X factor in this match. Okay. So, what do you got? Who do you got? I think it's interesting, first of all, because it's Macho Man versus a woman, and uh, yeah, because his his gimmick back then. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we know it's a little more than gimmick <laughs> in real life, but for all intents and purposes, his gimmick back then very, very uh, second class citizen treatment of women. Right. Uh, yeah. Looking back at. Uh, his treatment of Miss Elizabeth. Miss Elizabeth. So, uh, man, how how does Moshman react to this? I mean, I just just to see that bracket, I can 
I could see him going to Charlotte and, and telling her not to show up. Like, it's just... Yeah, it's like, just, either that or, like, they get in the ring and she's looking to pick a fight and clearly he wants nothing to do with it. And it, more or less, he would probably, like, uh, you know, your father, I want your father. Bring yeah. him, you know, that sort of a thing. And then when... Give me the nature boy. Yeah. <laughs> when he gets in the ring, he would probably put Charlotte in between the two of them as a shield. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of macho man we're dealing with, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the X Factor, though, can get canceled out for me. Okay. Because macho man is also batshit crazy. You're, yeah, you're absolutely <laughs> right. Macho man has always been crazy. It, it just has been ex- accentuated as his his uh, career went on. So this is how I see this match going down. Alright. You get the shit with Flair in the beginning. And, you know, a little bit in between and everything like that. But after the shenanigans are over, Charlotte takes over the match. And she establishes, establishes herself as a legit contender to Macho Man and this tournament. That she didn't beat Bubba Ray and Randy Orton off a of fluke. That she belongs in that ring. And Macho Man, he's it's almost trying his hardest to kind of, kind of put his hand on her head and just let her swing in air kind of thing, <laughs> but it's not working because she's connecting, and Macho Man takes one too many shots where he says, "Fuck it," like I gotta teach this 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 broad a lesson, if you will. He would, he would, and uh, they start going at it, and they have a physical fucking match. Who do I have winning? It's not really that tough for me in this case because. Again, we're talking about somebody who is in... Both both people who I say they're in their prime, but I, I think more impressive in their prime at this point is Macho Man. Uh, it would have been more impressive in, in 88 had he worked for a better company, some, a company that actually respected him. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he wasn't a fucking placeholder for uh, a certain person. Yeah. I mean, but that, that's for a future episode. Again. Yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but... Uh, with all due respect to Charlotte Flair, who is, is, is a phenomenal wrestler, who could hold her own, I just don't see her, even with Ric Flair in the corner, take, beating the Macho Man. Macho Man is one of those performers, uh, unfortunately for Charlotte Flair in this instance, uh, second class citizen or not, you're right. She would start taking it to him, and he would answer back. And unfortunately, I think he has more stamina in him. Yeah. And, I, and that's saying a lot, because yeah. again, she's no slouch. Right. He's got more stamina, and the more you take it to Macho Man, the more he wants to take it back to you. And I, I just think he's he ends up being the hungrier of the two. He's not afraid of, of, of going to war. No, he's not. That's the thing. Man, some of my favorite stuff with him was later on in his career against DDP for right. WCW. Yeah. I never thought I would enjoy that match. And yeah. just the, the shit they did to one another, I was like, holy fuck. So, and clearly, clearly, he's just—he's not all there to begin with. <laughs> when he was the madness for the NWO, it, it was—it was like him amped up to fifteen. Yeah, you know, absolutely. So yeah, I, I also do have Macho Man, unfortunately, and that knocks out Charlotte Flair. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. dude. You want Charlotte to go? Yeah. To the next round, man. Be a man, Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> So I can hit you and not feel conflicted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
right. Uh, next quarterfinal match. Oh, shit. Okay. It's a match we've seen before. Yeah, a match we've seen before. I mean, definitely a classic <laughs> match, you yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, with the fifth overall seed representing 1989, Mr. Perfect Kurt Hennig taking on the 1983 representative, also the um, eighth overall seed in Bret the Hitman Hart. Holy shit. I'm, I'm excited for this one. I, I like this. This is uh, two, two workers. Yeah. Definitely put kind of in the same, almost the same path for the company, at, at you know different. At some point, yeah. yeah. At some point, yeah. They they crossed past '92. Yeah. Mm-hmm. SummerSlam '92. Can forget that Intercontinental Title match. And to me, these like the epitome of that belt was these two guys right here. Yeah. Both of them. When you when you say the words Intercontinental Championship, to yeah. me, I immediately think of these two right off the top of my head. I think I got my year wrong though. It was ninety two. Uh, yeah, ninety one. No, I think it was ninety one. Yeah, ninety two was in uh, was in England. Yes. Yeah, that was uh, Bret Hart and British Bulldog. And Bulldog. Yeah, so ninety one. I apologize. Um, but yeah, man, like the, these these two have crossed paths, and. Uh, I, I gotta weigh it on, on the year and I by doing that I, I still don't have a winner no I don't um again I I, I kind of go Bret Hart because of all the reasons like I've listed before however Mr. Perfect is one of those examples to where he was still beating guys he just wasn't winning titles yeah and that's the difference and I don't know if that really counts as winning getting over somebody else as far as his tournament is concerned. Just listening to podcasts and, like, uh, you know, hearing a very, uh, a, a numerous bunch of people talk about the type of person Kurt Hennig was, I'm going to give this one to Bret Hart. Okay. For the simple fact, uh, he, Mr. Perfect never had a problem with doing the job for, especially for the likes of Bret the Hitman Hart. He was one of those performers where if it if it made sense and that's what you wanted him to do, he had no problems doing it. And don't get me wrong, he's not going to half-ass this match. He's right. going to take it to Bret Hart, and that's what makes this match awesome. Right. You you have that. You still have that performer. You still he's still hungry. He might not be winning, but he's going to show you. That he's in there to, to kick ass and take names. So, yeah, I think he does the job for Bret Hart, and Bret Hart advances to the next round. I think that's a fair, that's a fair assessment. Again, it's 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 a tough it's a tough pick for me. It's going to be a hell of a match, potentially the best match of the entire tournament, potentially. Uh, yeah, I, I like Bret Hart over Mr. Perfect. All right. And, and what what's what is sure to be uh, another classic by the by those two. Uh, the next match <laughs> with the uh, what is that tenth? I believe yeah, tenth overall seed in the tournament representing nineteen ninety five. The Undertaker, the not tater tot. not the tater tot by the, the tater way. Tater tot, okay. Taking on. The number 12 seed overall, representing the year 2000. Again, the rabid Wolverine, Chris Benoit. 
Chris Benoit. Fucking shit. Versus The Undertaker. Take my money. Take my money, please. <sighs> I'm biased, man. Yeah. I, I already have a, a, a winner. I, I think we're on the same same path, though. Yeah. But uh, go ahead and say it. I, I'm taking Benoit. Yeah, so was I. Yeah. Uh, uh, again, you know, Taker's a rising star at this point. Yeah. He's quick. He's quick to learn the ways of the WWF, and he's he's getting his gimmick over rather splendidly. Yeah. But here we have a very seasoned, relentless Chris Benoit. It would have been a hell of a match to watch, though. Yeah, yeah. Because again, Taker. He 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 brings it, and the the moment you stop, he's gonna let you have it. But guess what? You're up against Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit fucking does the same fucking shit. So yeah, it's it's it becomes <laughs> this fucking almost war of attrition. You know? Yeah, and it's like holy shit, how long do they go? You know, it's 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 amazing to see Chris Benoit because he takes his formula of, of wrestling and he turns the knobs depending on who he's facing, whether it's. A smaller guy or a guy his size, or a, a ring technician, or a, a powerhouse like the Undertaker, a big guy. Like it doesn't matter who you are. Crispin Wild was one of those guys that he was gonna mow you down. Yeah, he was gonna wear you out. And uh, just like there was times where you look at Crispin Wild and you say, "Man, like had he had been around during the, the catches catch can era." Like, he would have killed those guys. Yeah. Because it's like, that was like realistic <laughs> wrestling. That was real to them, these people. And, like, this guy would just, he would wear you down. He would absolutely tire you out. He's hes the equivalent of what many presume Floyd Mayweather to be. Although I call him a phony for, for many reasons. Like, he's that type of wrestler where it was not necessarily knock you out right away. I mean, he could knock you out. But like he was just gonna just wear you, wear you, wear you down to the point where you just you gave up before you were even put in the crossface. I easily see him going after Taker's legs. Yeah, and I would hate to fucking see what his chest looks like at the end of the yeah. match. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, I mean to, to call him ruthless was an understatement. It was an understatement. <laughs> so I I love the Undertaker. Uh, definitely a guy that could would probably be a winner in a lot of people's brackets, I'm gonna assume. But, but not in this one. But not in this one. He can rest in peace. And there you have it. <laughs> Fitting words for a Benoit opponent. Too soon, too soon. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we're going to wrap up the quarterfinals. quarterfinals with this next one. You got the number 13th overall. Representing Represent, yeah. 2001, yeah. The Rock against uh, 1987's representative and number 16th overall in the tournament, Jake the Snake Roberts. Again, holy shit, I, this is one of those matches I, I don't... Uh, I, I don't necessarily think about you know yeah. this 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 one doesn't come to mind right off the top of my head. Clearly, Jake the Snake has the uh, the in ring mind and and definitely makes the rocks look 
fucking like a dwarf. Yeah. Like he doesn't have that kind of in ring knowledge, even at the at his peak. Um but does does do you see Jake Roberts doing the doing the rock a favor? Does he does he do the job for the rock or does the rock do the job for Jake Roberts? Jake Roberts would definitely do the job for the rock. You think so? But I don't I don't have the I don't have Jake Roberts winning. Yeah, I think so. I I, I think Jake Roberts um has the the mindsets to uh essentially do what what what's what is being perceived as best for business and I don't think he's got a problem laying down for the rock. Okay. But that with that being said, I just don't see it happening. I don't I don't for for this tournament if if we're if we're pitting against who's better, I got Jake Roberts all day. The Rock can't hang with Jake Roberts. He can't. He can't adapt the way that Jake Roberts can. It's. I'm gonna follow the same form, and I'm not trying to poke fun at the Rock or, or call him a shitty wrestler. But, <laughs> but it's it's the same formula, and it has to work for everybody. Yeah. And Jake's going to pick that apart. He's too smart for the Rock. Uh, the Rock is 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 very flashy. He's got a great move set, but again, it's a one size fits all move set. True. Jake Roberts is an adaptive, very in-ring general who's extremely intelligent in that ring. Uh, he's gonna he's he's gonna know what the Rock's gonna throw at him before the Rock knows what he's gonna throw at him. So why doesn't he win this match? Why I got Jake Roberts. Oh, do match. you have? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, I I got Jake Roberts doing the job if you because you asked me. Oh, okay. I got but you. but for for this tournament, I got Jake Roberts winning it. I agree. I, I think uh, he's just got way too much fucking experience, and um, yeah, like I said, he he, the the Rock is dwarfed by the likes of Jake Roberts. Yeah. When it comes to professional wrestling, so yeah, Jake Roberts Jake on to Roberts, the next round. On to the next round. And uh, with that, we're going. We're gonna go straight on to the next round. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. We uh, have a final four. Final four. Holy shit! So. With the 31st overall seed in the tournament, we have the Macho Man Randy Savage representing 1990, I'm sorry, 1988. Taking on the 8th overall seed representing 1993, Bret the Hitman Hart. Macho Man versus Bret Hart. Obviously, you and I have both seen this match before. Yeah. Who takes it? <laughs> I told you it'd get harder, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, at least it's harder for me. Uh, Macho Man versus Bret Hart, 1988 Macho Man versus 1993 Bret Hart. It's a draw. It's a draw. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how WWE would yeah, write it. Yeah, what kind of bullshit is this? <laughs> <laughs> it's a Tyler draw. Nobody wins. Um, man, I I go, I go Macho Man. I go Macho Man over Bret Hart. Uh, I just go with the the in ring general at the at this point. And not saying Bret Hart is is some is a dummy in there, but uh, Macho Man he he's got all of the the mindset to to pertain to whatever his opponent is like. Again, I look at Macho, Macho Man from 87, Ricky Steamboat, you know, 
Bret Hart is, is very similar to that technical wrestling style. And how do you adapt to that? Well, Macho Man figured it out. And uh, I have, although it's, it, it, it's, you know, Bret Hart, you know, Bret Hart's going to take Macho to the limit. I see Bret Hart putting, locking in the sharpshooter. But I got Macho Man toughing it out. I got Macho Man toughing it out. Eventually hits the elbow on, on Hart and, and, and wins wins the match. And a match that uh, really goes back and forth, of course. But uh, for me, Macho Man is, he's, He's too game in ADA. There's just there's too much about him at, at at this point in his career. And like, yeah, he's a glorified placeholder, but you can't tell him that. You can't tell him that. And think about it. Back then, you know, kayfabe still existed, and nobody really knew that. Right. Nobody, you know, really, nobody knew really knew that. Really knew and that. and uh, it he's he's a he's a legit worker. He's one of those few guys. In the eighties, that was a worker and champion. Yeah, that just doesn't happen. That just doesn't happen. And he was why Macho Man. There's a reason for that. Even even in that company where it's about gimmick, 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 gimmick. Not that he wasn't a gimmick with you know, <laughs> what, what he was doing, but when the bell rang and you just had Randy, it was still top notch television, top notch wrestling. I love Bret Hart. I fought for Bret Hart throughout this tournament, but I got Macho Man going in the finals. Man, I couldn't agree more, man. I, I am, uh, you know, I've been I've been trying to go through this these brackets, yeah, as unbiased as possible. It's and hard. It is hard. Yeah, it's hard. Um, but everything you just said makes perfect sense, and you're right. I mean, he just he had that. He had what a lot of guys didn't or didn't seem to have. Right. And it, it, it again, like wrestling, being in the ring with Macho Man in 1988 was a, a, not just a physical war of attrition, but a mental war of attrition. Because he, it was like he didn't know when to stop. Yeah. He just didn't. And he would just, if you took it to him physical and he couldn't keep up, he'd start he'd start beating you at the mental game. Yeah. And vice versa. And it made him a really, really fucking tough opponent. So, yes, I have Macho Man advancing on to the next round. And there you go. You got half your finals ready. Yeah. You ready for this next one? <sighs> I don't think anyone was ever going to be ready for this one. No, man. Holy shit. So, uh, the, <laughs> the other match here in this round is the 12th <laughs> overall seed representing the year 2000. Again, the crippler, Chris Benoit, taking on the 16th seed overall representing 1987, Jake the Snake Roberts. Again, I'm not, I'm, I'm I'm not trying I'm trying not to be biased here. But uh fuck. Man, I would have loved to have fucking seen this match. Like why can't I'm telling you, we ever fucking invent time travel, brother? This is it. This is it. This is it right here. We're going and we're stopping at, we're stopping at some point picking up Christmas while we're, we're going yes. to the 80s. Yes. 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 <laughs> Uh man, you know what? Like when I when I saw this right after uh right after I, I picked Macho Man in the last match, I looked down because I have such a terrible memory, who's the next match? And I was like there was a part of me that just like my hair stood up a little bit. It was like <laughs> holy shit. And these were doing something right. Yeah, and it's just like 
this ain't really happening, you know, man. It's like, relax, <laughs> chill out, man. As uh, as Naito would say, tranquilo. <laughs> so, uh, Benoit versus Roberts. You talk about dream match. And, uh, and ladies and gentlemen, if this is not one of your dream matches, you uh, you got to go back and watch some wrestling. <laughs> I, I gotta, I gotta give you some uh, some demerits on your wrestling card, you know, because <laughs> this this right here is wrestling personified. Uh, it's interesting too because you have two guys who we talked about physicality. They both have it, obviously. Yeah. Jake Jake Roberts is as rugged as they come, and he will kick your fucking ass in that ring, and he would do it at such a slow, methodical pace. Yeah. That it, it almost looks like he's enjoying it, which he probably was. Because <laughs> he was. <laughs> and then you have Chris Benoit, who was all over you. I mean, he just was relentless, absolutely relentless. Two guys who had very same like mentality, but two very different methods in how they did it. Uh, the next thing, how do they adapt? Again, it didn't matter who they face. It was the same formula. But they tweaked it for their opponent. Not in the Roman Reigns sense where it was like, Oh, you're shitty, I'm gonna be shitty. It's I'm gonna this is what I'm gonna do to you. I'm what I'm what I'm gonna do to a guy who is seven feet tall, three hundred plus pounds, is not gonna be the same to a guy who is six feet tall and two hundred pounds. Right. You know. Uh the just the ability to adapt to styles. You know, if 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 Ben Wild was gonna get a little more high flying with the with the headbutt and everything Jake Roberts is going to have an answer for that. Jake Roberts is going to go for the DDT. Guess what? Benoit is going to reverse that into the crossface, or at least try to. Uh, both of these guys had, they picked body parts. They worked those body parts. Uh, Chris Benoit was one of the, the guys that transitioned to the new school of, of professional wrestling, but with the old school state of mind of, of what picking a body part was. So... Jake Roberts and Benoit, it's it's like the same guy. They're, fight, they're fighting each other. Who do you have? It's a, I, dr- it's a draw. I, <laughs> you and your draws, damn it. <laughs> I actually have a winner. Okay. And I'll tell you, you're right. There's a, there's a lot of similarity. Between Before you say winner, I'm sorry to cut you off. No, go ahead. I, I, got a, I got a winner in my head. Okay. So I just want to... I'm not gonna piggyback off you. I mean, we could agree, but just in case. Okay. All right. Uh, you're right. These guys are. There's a lot of similarities in these guys. There's one difference, and it makes the match for me. Okay. Okay. And it goes back to who's more fluid in the ring. Benoit subscribes to the the point of view of no wasted mo- moment momentum, no wasted motion in the ring. Yeah. Jake the Snake does not subscribe to that. Jake the Snake is the kind of guy who will go fucking take a powder out of the ring just to fuck with you in your mind. Yeah. But Benoit has more stamina. And the more you do that shit to him, the angrier he gets. There's nothing worse than being up against someone who has more stamina than you and gets angrier the more you fuck with them. Yeah. And for me, that's what makes Chris Benoit the winner of this match. You ever see the? You ever see the movie uh, Draft Day? It's a really shitty movie about the NFL draft. 
I don't think I have. Okay. Uh, I think Kevin Costner stars in it. My, my That's po- probably why. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Chris Griffin said. How does Kevin Costner keep getting work? <laughs> but uh, long story short, because it's not a very good movie, I do not recommend watching it. But uh, he goes through all this bullshit with the draft, trading people and this and that and all this stuff. Okay. And at the end of the day, he, he picks, like, this, uh, I think he's a running back, something like that. And with with everything being done, he pulls out of his pocket. In the beginning of the movie, he writes something on a piece of paper, like a little rip-off, like, notebook paper. Okay. And he puts it in his pocket. You don't, you don't see what it is. And it, the for movie, the entirety of the for movie. For the entirety of the movie. Okay. And the movie goes on. And you kind of forget that he has it, and then he takes it out because he's got the number one draft pick, and he picks his guy. And all this bullshit that's happening, he says, no matter what, this guy is who I'm picking. And he goes through all this fucking shit, and it's so unrealistic. But <laughs> <laughs> Because nothing like that happens, and the Cleveland Browns don't pick anybody good. <laughs> <laughs> When I did this, I had a I had a winner. I know I, I joked. I said I had a draw, but no matter what, I was going. And I, and I I wish I had wrote this down because then I'd actually have proof. But I know you believe me. <laughs> um, no matter what, Chris Benoit was going to be my pick. Yeah. Um, Chris Benoit is just, I, I think at the end of the day is is too much for Jake Roberts. And as smart as he is in that ring, you gotta understand this too, ladies and gentlemen. Jake Roberts never saw anything like Chris Benoit in his era. Yeah, th- again, that's another good point. And Chris Benoit's from the same era as Kurt Angle's. Yeah. You know, Chris Jericho's. You know, Jake Roberts didn't see that. It's a shame that Jake Roberts is sort of a prick. Well, yeah. not sort of. He is a prick. Yeah. And a lot of the times, <laughs> you, you go to, you'll go to, like, he, not that he does a, a whole lot of signings these days, but. More often than not, you're met with story after story from fans. Like, I went to meet Jake Roberts, and he was a fucking prick. It's just the way things are. It's yeah. sad, though, because it seems like he will only talk to certain people, you know, like Stone Cold Steve Austin on a podcast, things of that nature. I would love to sit and pick his brain about yeah. shit like this, you know? It's, it's a shame that he's a prick because, you know, I know he does a lot of... uh those one man shows talks about his life and I would like to go and, and, and hear him talk but then potentially meet him but I don't want to meet him if he's going to be a douche to me yeah and, well this, that's the thing like I'm, from what I hear he does the show but it's like before and after the show it's like fuck you yeah <laughs> you know so but yeah that it would have been really interesting to hear what Jake Roberts has to say about Chris Benoit Especially since Benoit just beat his ass in our Soul Survivor tournament. There you go. <laughs> and we have a final set. Macho Man yep. Randy Savage versus Chris Benoit. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break, pay some bills. Thank you for hanging in there with us. We hope you're enjoying your, your holiday no matter what you're celebrating. Uh, eat some turkey, fixings, whatever the hell you're eating over your holiday. Enjoy it, and we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Ebates. Do you do online shopping at all? Excellent. If you do, you can help support the show and save some money while you purchase stuff online. Have access to over 10,000 different shops online, including major brands such as Nike, GameStop, Uber, Burger King, 
and just about any other online store that you can think of, including Amazon. Each purchase you make helps support the show and saves you money. Accrue enough cash back and then cash out and receive your big fat paycheck in the mail from Ebates. Take the time, support the heels, support the baby faces, support your 20 by 20 ring crew, and be like the boys. Save some money. 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash Ebates. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you again for hanging in there with us uh, and supporting the show, as always. Thank you for listening. Yes, thank you. We are amidst the first ever Soul Survivor Tournament, Survivor Series Tournament they were holding here on the show. And uh, it's been a blast, dude. Thank you so much for, for doing this with me. Yeah, man. I am, I am a huge gimmicks guy. You know that. And um, I have been chomping at the bit to do something like this on our show. And I'm glad we did it. Yeah. And we are already down to the final match. Final match. It's It's been interesting. Uh, yeah. We want to thank random.org for letting us use their free ran- list randomizer. Yeah. So it, you can do that as well. Um, we don't get paid for saying that. <laughs> we do a lot of plugging for free here. Yeah, we do. We do. That's all right, though. Um, That's all right. And again, we have wrestling on in the background. We are watching an episode of MLW Fusion. And currently on the screen, we have uh, MJF amongst um, other people. And uh, that, he's an interesting guy to watch. He's he's definitely one of my favorites. And he's so young, so I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see how this guy grows. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. We uh, just also found out that uh, they did a War Games match. Yeah, they Holy did a War shit. Games match. I'm excited to see this fucking match. Holy shit. So, Sammy Callahan, Jimmy Havoc. All in one team, my dude. All one team. Jesus Christ. Oh, God. Uh, but, um... Anyways. We, check that out. Yeah, check that out for sure. Uh, on YouTube. You can watch it on YouTube for free. Uh, just look up MLW Wrestling, and they do their weekly show for free on there. Still and not getting paid for this. Still not getting paid for this. <laughs> just watch good wrestling, folks. That's all we want you to do. Um, with that being said, as we proceed to give you what you need, right here. Final match of our tournament. It has been quite the interesting fucking tournament, let me tell you. Two guys, two two of my favorite of all time. And and again, I, I've tried to approach this as unbiased as possible. Yes. And I've tried to take the piss out of every match, as my, my cousin likes to say. And just approach it logically. And still, we end up with these two guys. And that is the 31st overall seed representing 1988 in the Macho Man Randy Savage. Taking on 2000's representative. He is the 12th overall seed in this tournament. The Crippler, Chris Benoit. How in the fuck? Take my fucking money, first of all. Yeah. Take it twice. Take all the money. (laughs) I'm not eating for like a month if if I if I have to pay to go watch this match, that's but okay, that's okay. Man. That's yeah. okay. Ramen for everyone. <laughs> Ramen and hot dogs. Ramen and hot dogs and <laughs> fried bologna sandwiches. There you go. That's, those are actually good. Though. Yeah, they are. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think you and I are the only two that would probably agree to that. But. Hey, you know what? Uh, we grew up. Uh, you you appreciate what you had. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Fucking fried bologna sandwiches <laughs> tasted really really good. They still do. My wife hates it. She's like, that's gross. Like, <laughs> you're, you're gross. <laughs> Married life. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> but uh, Matchman Randy Savage. Chris Benoit. I gotta ask you before you say anything else. Okay. Are Miss Elizabeth and woman at ringside? I don't want anybody at ringside. Nobody at ringside. Yeah. Okay. I want nobody at ringside. I want. A, I want a good clean fight. I know this is WWE ring because it's a WWE tournament. Sure. But uh, I want. Uh, I want Vince McMahon to take a night off for this. Let him. Let him. Let him go. He's not even commentating. No. Okay. No. <laughs> He's commentating at his own, at, at the comfort of his own home. <laughs> and uh, you have two guys that um, I mean, obviously Macho Man has Macho in his name, but you, when it comes to Macho and wrestling, you have two guys that I guess to take a line from uh, Scott Hall oozed machismo. <laughs> I, I mean, heavy hitters, adaptive in the ring. Both are, are red hot. We didn't really talk about 2000 being a great year for Benoit. Yeah, he's not world champion, but he's intercontinental champion. He's putting on great matches with Angle and Benoit, or he with uh, with Angle and and uh, Guerrero and Jericho, especially. It's definitely one of my favorite intercontinental title runs for sure. Yeah, yeah. and let's, let's not forget he temporarily wins the heavyweight title yeah. against The Rock, but <laughs> WWE fashion, that was taken away right away. Fuck. Uh, he's having a great year. He's having a, an amazing year. So, like, we talked about Macho Man's year. That, that's well documented, but we, we gotta talk about that. You know, Chris Benoit and, and Macho Man, again, too, Macho Man, 1988, didn't see a caliber wrestler of Chris Benoit. No. You know, again, that's like Chris Benoit was one of those guys, like the the aforementioned Jericho and Angle, that kind of took that old school style but brought in the new school mentality. Do that, but pick up the pace, and it, it's it's you know, it's gonna be interesting to see if Macho Man was going to be able to handle that. But however, Macho Man does have experience in that in the sense of he did face Ricky Steamboat the year before. Who was kind of that caliber type guy, especially for WWE mentality? Yeah, you know, because NWA he could go an hour, hour plus or hour long, but in WWE it was it's different. It's a different style. Yes, and you know, your Macho Man's facing a certain style of wrestler, and then you give him Ricky Steamboat, and it's just like he took him, took him to the limit, and but he survived, and but take it to the limits though. I, <laughs> uh, I already used up too many of my draw. It's a draw joke. It's so. draw. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Benoit, Macho Man. I got you know you got the the battle of of, of you got the submission wrestler and and, and Macho and uh, excuse me Benoit. You have two guys who are not afraid to go to the top rope you got guys who are able who are both strong in their own rights the move sets 
I, I, I like Benoit because his movesets are a quicker pace. They're definitely different from anything that, that Macho Man has seen. But Macho Man is also a very adaptive wrestler. And he can have an answer to a lot of those things. You take away the WWE aspect of it. Because the WWE aspect to me says Macho Man all day. Okay. And that's not including, obviously, Chris Benoit's personal life. That's just Macho Man all day. You take that away. My winner for this tournament is Chris Benoit. I think even though Macho Man has an answer for a lot of what Benoit does, at the end of the day, it's the stamina. It's the adaptive mentality that Benoit has. And it's it's just the, the, the overall aggression that Benoit has. There's there's no, not many people in this business, past, present, and potentially future, that was all over you the way that Benoit was. It was exhausting as a fan. And, <laughs> yeah. and that's, for, 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 for me, my winner of the Soul Survivor Tournament is, is Chris Benoit. I'm trying to think back, and maybe you, maybe you can answer this question for me. And, and if you can't, that's fine. But uh, my memory is, is fade, uh, failing me right now. WCW. Yes. Did we ever get to see Chris Benoit versus the Madness? No, right? I don't think so. Okay. So, going back to WCW, being that they were there at the same time, obviously Chris Benoit being a member of the Four Horsemen, and the Macho Man being being a member of the NWO. Uh, as we do a quick search online, it looks like they did meet. In uh, an episode of Nitro in 1995, and again in 1996. I'm going to have to go back and watch those shows. Those, okay. I would assume, are available on the WWE Network as part of every, the, the every, Nitro every collection. Match, every Nitro is, is on the WWE Network. Um, if you guys still don't have a, a network subscription, come get it through us. Um, you can do that at 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash WWE Network. That's all one word. And uh, possibly at a discount. Yes. So, with that being said, I don't remember these matches. I don't know why I don't remember these matches, but I don't remember these matches. So, with that being said, I'm, I'm, I'm still using WCW as, as my, my footing here. Okay. You have what what I think is the closest thing you'll ever see to the Macho Man being at his, like, in his final form, in his most powerful form in WCW. I know it was late in his career, but some of the things that he went through in WCW were personal, yes. and it definitely affected his work. And when I say that, in the way of wrestling, it was for the better because you, you got to see Macho Man amped up to 15. Yeah. You know? Matches against the likes of DDP and Hogan. And, you know, he he truly was the madness. He was fucking out there. And that is the closest thing you will ever see to Macho Man being anything like Chris Benoit. Now, if you take Chris Benoit... Look at him when he was in WCW. The whole the whole personal issue he had with Kevin Sullivan and yeah. a woman. I'll never forget that Nitro where um, 
it was after the big blow up backstage between them and yeah. this was all personal about woman and they had a, a a match i don't i don't remember whether it was a singles match or part of a tag because again you have uh, Benoit as part of the Horsemen, and then right. you have Kevin Sullivan as part of uh, Dungeon of Doom. Taskmaster. So yeah. they came out, and they fought all over the damn building. And they had already had bruises on their faces and bodies from their previous altercation right. that went a little too far. Now you're letting them fight on TV for real, and they're potatoing each other. Left and right. And it wasn't just with fists or feet. It was with garbage cans and kendo sticks and all sorts of shit. So, as professional as they were trying to be, they eventually (laughs) let them their personal uh, life get the better of them on national TV. And you got to see the closest thing to a, a televised shoot in quite some time at that point. So, And again, Benoit not backing down. And clearly, by the looks of it, at least his face, Benoit got the shorter end of the stick the last time around. Yeah. So, pay close attention to that match, and you get to see the ruthless aggression that is Chris Benoit. And for with that being said, my money's on Chris Benoit against the Macho Man. I think Chris Benoit wins this tournament. You're absolutely right. His level of aggression and stamina just outweigh the macho man as as hard as that is to say yeah. as hard as that is to think about he he just trumps him he trumps him and and again he subscribes to a different uh thought process no wasted motion in the ring macho man great fucking worker but he'll fucking take that powder you know yeah he'll you he'll he'll adapt in a different way and use things around him but guess what? Benoit's still going to be there, still coming after your ass. Exactly. And you better not gas. Some people are going to take this the wrong way. Again, this is wrestling. It's not his real life. Hate tweet us at 20x20crew on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to I'm gonna take the, 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 the catchphrase of Braun Strowman and remove it from him. He is not the monster among men. Chris Benoit is the legit monster among men. First of all, Chris Benoit can flex Braun Strowman. I mean, he could absolutely <laughs> destroy Braun Strowman in that ring. But I, we we already covered that on uh, an episode of, well, or, or a segment of uh, the following contest on YouTube. Right. So, yeah. uh, Chris Benoit, man, he is a monster among men. I mean, he just, he's that guy who, he's insanely strong. He is very intelligent. His stamina level is is unfucking believable. And on top of that, his aggression, his ruthless aggression, is just something you've never seen before. You put all that together, mix it up in this big ass jar, you get Chris Benoit, and you get a guy who easily runs his table. <laughs> and uh, he has. A- amongst some of the best wrestlers. That we've ever seen in the WWE, and he takes the cake. Chris Benoit wins the tournament. I don't have any gripe with that at all. Neither do I. I, I mean, there's so many, so many great matches, so many great uh, wrestlers. And you know what? And you take away the years restrictions. I don't. I'm not going to sit there and say he wins it, but Chris Benoit 
with even without the even without the restrictions, is a front runner to win any tournament. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Keep that in mind for future tournaments. <laughs> so if you don't like us using Chris Benoit's name, find a tournament where he, which he's not part of the bracketology. Yeah. <laughs> There's a good chance he's gonna he's he's gonna he's gonna hang around for a while. Um, you and I miss him. We miss him dearly. Yeah, we do. And uh, it shows in this tournament because. We see it all these things, and there's tons of dream matches with him on here too. I'm, dude, I, that first I'm, one. like I'm thinking like fucking <laughs> Benoit versus Charlotte Flair. Like, how the fuck would that go? Oh my god, that's a nightmare of a match. Yeah, but it would be it would be like a fucking train wreck. It would be it would be a it would be an auto accident. You wouldn't be able to look away from it. And you know what's where I or I'm going to eventually go at some point on, on future episodes of, of, of uh, the following contest. Where does Benoit fit with? The likes of today's wrestlers like uh, Kenny Omega, oh my god, like a Kazuchika Okada. You talk oh about no wasted mo- movement, you know. I-, I love to see this one just because of how ruthless they are. Benoit versus Minoru Suzuki. Suzuki. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. Uh, Chris Benoit versus Tomohiro Ishii. Oh, you Jesus. know, you talking about how red your chest would be. I mean, like I- Ishii, he he. Ask you hit him as hard as you can. <laughs> He'll regret that. Uh, you know, we, as we see Davy Boy Smith Jr. come out to the ring. Yeah, that's another guy I love to see the ring. We see Hogan, old guy Hogan there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. oh man, he gets dissed by Davy Boy Smith Jr. That makes <laughs> sense. Uh, but yeah, so many ton, tons of fancy matchups with 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 Chris Benoit. Um, Fuck, you just—I miss him dearly. But uh, that is that is our tournament. That is that is our winner. That is ruthless aggression wins, takes the cake, and he is the sole survivor. Nice, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening and supporting the show. Our tournament has finished. We have a sole survivor. We hope you've enjoyed all the coverage over the past few weeks. Um, we definitely enjoyed you participating and doing your own brackets. Again, this is probably not the only time we're doing this. And um, I had a lot of fun. This is, this is a fucking blast. Definitely love picking your brain all the time. Uh, but to to get to do it under one of my favorite gimmicks yeah. is, is like that much more uh, yeah. fucking awesome to me. It's so, been It's been a real fun, fun few weeks doing this, so... I hope that everybody at home enjoyed it. I know you guys are not going to agree with it, but that's the point of this. Yeah, that's, I, yeah. Not, you're not supposed to. Agree you're not with supposed us. to. You're supposed to make up your own mind and and then get a hold of us. Yeah, you can do that on social media. Holy shit! How fucking great is that? <laughs> it's a great world we live in now. Instagram.com slash 20x20crew. You can check us out there. You can hate tweet us about Chris Benoit and other. You know issues you have. With yeah, us. I'm waiting for that Braun Strowman fan. <laughs> How did he not win? Uh, I got a million reasons. Twitter.com/slash/20x20crew. <laughs> We're also on Facebook. Our official Facebook page is facebook.com/slash/20x20crew. Uh, you can come and talk to us on Facebook. We have a Facebook group: facebook.com/slash/groups/slash/20x20talk. And uh, you can also email us: 20x20crew at gmail.com. 
We do exclusive stuff on YouTube under the guise of the following contest. It's on our YouTube channel, 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash YouTube to go check us out there. And, of course, our home, our, our domain, 20x20crew.com on the web. Ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed your your holidays and all your turkey and all the Black Friday shopping you can handle. <laughs> yeah, hopefully you're not in a poorhouse. Yeah, hopefully you're not in a poorhouse. <laughs> hopefully you still got money to support professional wrestling, go to shows, go get the get the the, the streaming services, all of the above. Uh, we again, we we continue to plug wrestling, whether we get paid for it or not. Yes. Uh, always give us more information. Let us know. Uh, but for now, I've been Matt. He's been Joe. And until next week, we, we will see you in the ring. ring.